And normally people go for happiness by mostly two ways. One is sensuality. Nice food, nice drink, nice music, uh, a cruise, nice holiday, nice home, comfortable uh, clothes, uh, all this kind of um, central indulgences no one can experience as a human being. This is how people try to get happy. Uh, the other thing is nearby possessions. Having a a designer bag and designer shoes, having an expensive house, having a yacht, having an expensive car, having jewelry, possessing things, owning things. This is the other way how people look for happiness. But uh, both of these have their drawbacks. A drawback, for example, of central happiness, it usually has some negative side effect. <laughs> and the nicest food may be the unhealthy one. And if we eat too much, we may get overweight, even obese, and we may get uh, diabetes, we may get caries in our teeth. The same, uh, drinking and smoking, all kinds of negative health effects. So for all the essential happiness, there's usually some bad side effect. And the other problem is it's very impermanent. It doesn't last. And we constantly have to generate new good karma to keep that process going, that we can enjoy happiness by sensuality. And similar with material possessions. The moment we have a lot, there's the anxiety that we may lose it and other people may try to take it away from us. And other people may be envious. So um, the worldly kind of happiness from sensuality and from possessions there's all kinds of drawbacks and it doesn't last. And they usually also have to increase the, the dosage. Have you noticed? Now, when, once a person has got a nice car, and after some time it's no longer enough. And it has to be an even bigger car. Or it has to be a second car. And a big house is not enough. Now one wants also to have a holiday home. And so there's the same effect, you know, like when people are taking drugs or alcohol. To get the same kind of kick, we have to do more. And if it's just the same, then you're no longer really happy. So you have to constantly crank up the dosage. And then you get into this negative feedback loop, not trying to generate enough that you can constantly increase. And it's the same with fame. Once people are famous, uh, they find it quite normal. And uh, once you have a whole stadium of people adoring you, and then at the next concert, there's only half the stadium full, and you will feel uh, upset and disappointed. 
Although for a normal person, uh, they would be they would be so happy that so many people like them. But once they are famous, then the only thing that counts is maintaining and getting more. So these are all the drawbacks of um, essential and material happiness. On the other hand, uh, making good karma does not have this drawback. It doesn't have bad side effects. That feels good straight away. As eating like an uh, eating a very healthy meal, it just gives you strength. So there's no different happinesses which we can gradually develop. The first one is the happiness from giving, from dana. And that is already superior. It feels better than the happiness from having things and from sensuality. Now one can try that out. Now the teaching of the Buddha is now always open for investigation. You don't have to take anything for granted. We can just uh, compare it. What is it like if you take a thousand dollars, you go into the shopping center and you splash it all out? Three, four hours shop till you drop, maybe even 10,000 on your credit card, bang. And then you come back home laden with bags of designer wear and then check out now, how much happiness do you have from that? Or on a try-out, coming to the monastery, coming out early in the morning, taking precepts, meditating, offering dana, joining the Dhamma discussion, listening to Dhamma, paying respects to the Buddha, developing the samadhi and panya, concentration and wisdom. And how does that feel like? And can we notice a difference? The one thing is the intensity of happiness. And the other thing is you know, the quality, you know, the subtlety and the refinement of happiness. You know, we can already notice that you know, even in central happiness, you no know, one can just you know, gorge oneself on some comfort food, or you can listen to some very refined, beautiful music. And most people probably will agree that the refined, beautiful music is a superior kind of happiness. It's still central, but most people will agree that it's superior to just you know, stuffing yourself with some food till you're really full. On the other hand, the happiness from giving, from generosity is now already more refined and more gratifying than any happiness from the material things. And then the next happiness we can enjoy is the happiness of precepts. Precepts is actually also a form of giving that is known as the abhayadana, the gift of fearlessness. Because when you keep these five precepts, you're not killing, you're not stealing, you're not committing sensual misconduct, you're not lying, and you don't take alcohol or other intoxicants that cause uh, um, heedlessness, intoxication, then you are giving the gift that other beings don't have any danger from you. So it's a unique gift, the gift of fearlessness. They don't have to worry about you in any which way. 
And because we keep the precepts to all beings, the, the number of beings we give that gift to is very large. This is why it's so much good karma in keeping precepts. And this is why it feels so good when we can notice it in our heart. After some time of adjusting to the precepts, and if people haven't been used to that, it may take a bit to become the use keeping precepts. And then like someone is drinking and it may take some time till they're fully sobered out, similar with the other ones. But after a year or two, really settled in the five precepts, and there's a very profound sense of ease. There's also what we call an avipati sada, freedom from remorse, also known as anavajra sukha, the blameless happiness. Because you know you haven't done anything bad to anyone. You know that your action and speech is pure and then you have gotten what is called a clear conscience you're at ease with yourself and you're confident you have got a wholesome self-esteem and that is a very profound happiness you feel at ease the next happiness is the one from sense restraint most people think that there's more happiness the more they experience, the more we do. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. And the more we have done, the more countries we have seen, the more uh, movies and experiences we had. If we have tried anything one can possibly try, then we may be very happy. Not at all. uh, The most happy people I have met, some of them, they were actually monks from a young age. So they, they never had much opportunity trying out all these things because they're already ordained as novices or ch- as children. But they're so much happier from what I can see than some people you who know, may have lived a very indulgent life for decades and tried almost anything. So in reality, tuning down sense impressions actually makes us more happy, experiencing less, at least outside, and tuning into the internal experience and meditation in one's heart. The Buddha calls that the avyasekasukha, the unsullied, the unspoiled happiness. It's not spoiled by all these external impressions, something which we carry inside in our heart. Now, that is a huge difference in terms of quality of happiness. If we get our happiness from getting things, we are dependent on something outside. And instinctively, we know if we can lose it. And you may remember in a couple of years, 2011, when we had the bad flooding, quite a few people lost their properties, unfortunately. And their house, not just swept away. Now we are moving soon into the fire season. You may remember, I think even last year, quite a few fires around some people and they lost everything. And that is a nature and every material possession we have, we can sense that they are in danger. The four elements, 
the fire can burn it, water can sweep it away. Cyclone, if you're a bit further north, your house may be blown away by a cyclone, similar to your car. Or earth element, there may be an earthquake. And not to talk about war, coronavirus, economic crisis. And deep down, subconsciously, if you know that, and even if you're very rich, if you know this, this is something external. And in particular, we know the moment we die, it's all gone. Maybe they can put your jewelry into the coffin. <laughs> it doesn't help much. No, you can't take it to the next life. And instinctively, deep down, subconsciously, we know that. Similar with the sensuality, but lasts even shorter. And I contemplate now how many meals have you eaten? Three meals a day, 365 days a year, and there's already more than a thousand meals per year. If you're 50 years old, you've probably eaten more than 50,000 meals. And they may have tasted nice, but what have you got now to show for it? It's amazing, ne? 50,000 meals, and all this little happiness we got from that. Where is it now? It's just like a dream. This is why the Lord Buddha compared sensual pleasures with a dream. It's like in the morning you have some beautiful dream and then the alarm clock goes and you wake up. For a moment there's some hazy memory and then you have to get up and then it's all gone. Can you remember your dreams last night, last week? It's the same with all the sensual pleasures we have experienced. the parties you have attended. Now, where are they now? There's a happiness which lasts in one night and it's all gone. On the other hand, the happiness from giving, from precepts, from sense restraint, from meditation, that's the happiness we have in our heart. No one can take that away. And all your good karma, your punya, even if a cyclone comes, they can't blow it away. Even if your house burns down in a fire, and even if you die in a fire ourselves, the good karma, the happiness from the good karma, that is in our heart, our chitta, and consciousness, and the mind is a connecting link to the next life. It's right with us. It goes even beyond death. And we can sense that. It's much safer. And no thief, no burglar, no robber can take it away from us. No economic crisis, and now with the coronavirus, there's a worst collapse in many countries, almost globally, probably since the Great Depression in the 1930s, at least for a short time. No one knows how long the effects will linger economically. On the other hand, our good karma, our virtue, is right with us in our heart, and we have it. That's another reason why it is a superior happiness. We can sense that. It feels more secure. Do you occasionally check how many how much money you've got in the bank? Do you get still the um, the bank statements by mail or do you do it all electronic? 
Do you still get bank statements by mail or with the post? We are still getting here at Damagiri because I pass it all on to the treasurer and the treasurer has to keep it for the accounting purposes. I think most people are doing it just electronically now. So do you have some idea how much money you've got in the bank or are you not worried about it? Hmm? <laughs> ah, the, your wife is the one looking after me. Do you get, at least get some nice pocket money? <laughs> I think it was in my family, it was similar. Or the mom was at home and the father was kind of formally earning the money. It was mostly my mom who uh, administrating it. <laughs> so people are usually quite concerned how much money they have in the bank. And they want to know. And in particular, you want to know whether you have got money or whether you have got debt. Because the interest rate on your credit card debt is quite high. How much do you have there? 20% for if you go over the limit on your credit card? How much is it? 20% or something. That's really high. So you probably want to avoid getting into debt then. So how about your karmic balance sheet? You can just go to your bank account electronically where you check what is the bottom line. And if the bottom line is in red and with a little minus, then you're in trouble and it's dead. If it's black and positive figures, then you're happy. So what is your karmic balance sheet like? Is someone sending you the bank statement there? Or? Karmic bank statement? How do you check? It's quite important to know ne? because if you are in the bottom line, more bad karma than good karma, you're in big trouble and if you may lose the human rebirth next time. You may get reborn in what is called ne? the subhuman realms of existence as a hungry ghost animal or the hell realm. That's as a result ne? if the bottom line is negative. If it's roughly even, a little, a little bit positive, then it's usually a human rebirth. Where we have both the happiness and suffering mixed. If you have lots of good karma, millionaire, so to speak, karma millionaire, or karma billionaire, then you go Devaloka. Karma millionaires to Devaloka are the angels and devas. And karma billionaires to Brahmaloka, the blissful realms of jhana. But how do you know? How do you figure it out? Do you have debt or positive assets? How do you figure your karmic balance sheet? No one knows? Seems to be an important question, eh? Are you not curious? So when you want to want, want to know your the bank account balance, either you wait for the next statement with the mail, or you log in online and just check it. 
So what do you do for your karmic balance sheet? So the bottom line is when you close your eyes and you start meditating and you look into your heart, this is how you check your karmic balance sheet in meditation. You don't tune into all these external senses, but you close the eyes and you look white into your heart. And the brightness and happiness you have white in your heart right now when you tune in internally. Now that is your good karma. Or alternatively, the unhappiness and the darkness and the anxiety and the impurity which we may experience when we tune in internally. That is our bad karma. So the bottom line will manifest as either brightness of heart, brightness of your mind and happiness, or it will manifest as heaviness, darkness, and an unpleasant, scary, um, negative feeling. That's one way of checking it. Now this is why good karma is so important for our meditation. Because if you tune in internally and you try to meditate and there's all this brightness and happiness, then you will be able to attain samadhi quite easily. You don't feel fidgety. You don't feel upset or anxious and the mind is not racing because there's all the good karma and you can immediately feel it. Now this is how making punya Practicing generosity is providing the foundation for your meditation. So check it out in your meditation. That's how you check your karmic balance sheet. That's how you find the bottom line. And if at the moment you close the eyes and you look inside and you don't have any distractions from sound, sights, internet, but you just have your own conscious experience internally and it feels really dark and scary and heavy but that is a bad sign then we have to make more good karma on the other hand if you do that you turn inside without distractions your own consciousness your own mind your chitter is not very bright and radiant and happy and at ease and relaxed that indicates the bottom line is very positive And then it's also easy to develop that even further and uh, to develop samadhi.